Today's guest on the podcast is Kara Saunders. She's a seven-time CrossFit Games competitor, and I know my daughter and I enjoyed watching her when we were at the Games this year, and she's such a wonderful athlete to watch. I mean, all of the Games competitors are incredible, but there's something about Kara that is just so powerful, so strong, and so focused, and I just knew that I had to try and speak with her, and so we were super lucky to coordinate it and also to have Stella on um, to ask some questions. So it was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Cara Saunders. Welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast with Meredith Atwood. We all have the same 24 hours each day, and it's what we do with those hours that makes all the difference between our health, happiness, and success. special guest here with me in studio, Stella Ray. Hey guys. Stella's going to help us do a little interview with Cara today and we're super excited. So Stella, um, where have I been all day? Um, at a race. What race? Do you know? Half Ironman, I think. That's correct. And so we've been in Augusta. We did the Half Ironman today and it's now almost 10 p.m. <laughs> You took a nap today because you wanted to stay up with our special guest. Yeah. Yeah. And so mom's a little tired, so you're going to, I need you for this interview. Got it. To hold me together. (laughs) (laughs) Are you super excited? Oh, I'm so, so excited. Are you? So what's your favorite part about CrossFit? Um, I like to suffer. (laughs) It gives me more strength in my body. Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone about your um, what you're doing on Instagram? Well, I have this Instagram called Wads for Kids, and I do wads that kids can do at home. So, super exciting! Yeah, I love it. What do you love best about making your own workouts? Well, because a lot of the kids, I see videos of them doing my workouts, and I, I think they like look up to me. Just like I look up to Cara Saunders. Yeah, so you want to be, like, inspiring and helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. All right, well, we hope you all enjoy this episode with Cara. Bye. Bye. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Same 24 Hours podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood. Today's guest is Cara Saunders. Hi, Cara. Hi, how you going? (laughs) Hi. So we also have another special guest with us. My daughter Stella Ray is here. Hi, Stella. Hi. <laughs> so, Cara, thank you so much for taking the time post CrossFit Games to chat. I know that we talked a little bit ahead of time, um, but obviously that was a crazy time. So, how are you feeling after the games? Oh, it's um, it's actually so nice after the games. I get. I get asked a lot at this time of year, like, oh, what are you doing? What are your plans? And I'm like, you know what? Straight after the CrossFit Games, we commit ourselves for an entire year, like all in, and it's insane, and you don't have the time or energy for pretty much anything else. So for right now, I spend a lot of time just catching up on being Cara, the normal person, and (laughs) spending time, like, cooking food again and cleaning my house properly and spending time with my husband in a non-stressful training environment and putting a little bit more time and energy into my into my gym and 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 just sort of like enjoying that time I guess that downtime you know to kind of reset for you know whatever's to come yeah 
So you wrote a letter to yourself. I love this on the internet where you, dear 20 year old Cara, um, has anything changed about that letter? Now, I, I don't know. This might be my bad research. Well, if that letter was before, I feel like it was before the games. Maybe it was after. No, it was after. Oh, it was. Yeah, it okay. was. It was just after, yeah. Yeah, so what did what did you say in that letter? What did you have to say to your 20-year-old self? Oh, I think pretty much the the most important thing, the kind of message that I was trying to send to myself, and I can't remember entirely what I said, but the, <laughs> the, the main message is that, you know, there's going to be things that will change, you know, in your life. And there's going to be some pretty big things that are sort of thrust upon you. And, um, just to essentially not doubt yourself and understand that things will come your way for a reason and to throw yourself into it entirely anyway, despite what the potential outcome is and, um, and enjoy what the, you know, the opportunities that have been presented to you and don't let anybody else's opinion or judgment or, or whatever it may be, get in the way, or even the, the, you know, the prospect of disappointment, don't let that ever sort of stop you from, from doing any of these things and, and, to understand that it will all be worth it and that essentially it will make you a better person in the end. Yes. I love it. I love it. So Stella, why don't you ask Cara your first question? Okay. So, <laughs> so when did you first fall in love with CrossFit? You know what? I did my very first, um, CrossFit kind of workout. Um, many years ago I think it was maybe 2010 and I loved I, I I did this one workout in a regular gym and I thought man this is really fun this is totally different than anything I've been doing by myself in the gym that you know I like when I didn't really know what to do but I remember going to where I really really fell fell in love was I went to a competition that year in 2010 and it was the equivalent to what we have known as our regionals in CrossFit. And uh, it was called sectionals. And it was much, much smaller than what we know in the CrossFit game season now. And I went there to this local gym where they hosted all of these people who were trying to get a spot, you know, at the CrossFit games. And um, I watched these crazy people do these workouts. This room was full of people and they were cheering and like I couldn't even believe the energy that you could you could contain in one space and and what these people were doing getting behind these these guys and girls who were working out and the the energy alone and then the way that they were kind of throwing themselves into these workouts I just I instantly was I don't know just like excited I guess and I thought from that moment I remember from that exact moment going into my regular gym and deciding that I would never do a regular workout ever again and I tried to <laughs> I tried to copy crossfit workouts um every single day until I joined an affiliate I tried to to follow crossfit.com or make up my own what I thought were crossfit workouts and and it was from that moment it changed and I, I never did did anything the way I had done it before ever again that's awesome. So you actually started CrossFit and then you were at the games, what, a year later? Yeah. So I officially started in a CrossFit affiliate in February of uh, 2011. And then in 2012, I qualified for the CrossFit games. I won that regional and totally um, caught off guard, total surprise, but a really, really nice one and scary. And I went to the CrossFit games for the first time that year. 
That is so impressive. I'm coming up on my one year CrossFit anniversary, and that's not going to happen for me, Cara. <laughs> I keep dropping my phone. Sorry. Um, so, when did what did you do before CrossFit? I uh, at the time when I started CrossFit, I was actually in a bit of like a transition phase. I guess I was. I was young. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do for work. I, I didn't really want to go out and kind of be young and party and do all those kind of things anymore. And um, so this was like a sort of a really good transition for me. Before that, though, um, I guess before I had started just working out in a regular gym, like all through school, I played sport in primary school uh, and I was always really driven by competitive sport I preferred individual sport I did a lot of swimming and uh then I transitioned into high school and part of the reason why I wrote the letter to myself is that I let myself get a little bit caught up in what that high school was and how those girls were and decided that you know the the fact that I was different and that I was good at what I was doing and and but what I was doing was different that it must be wrong and that maybe I wouldn't fit in and have friends there so I neglected essentially everything that I was doing for the for my whole high school life and uh and didn't do any kind of physical activity at all just let it all go and then didn't really pick it up until I needed it again, you know, until I really decided that I kind of wanted to be me again. And that's, and that's when I found, found CrossFit. That's so interesting. What you just said about you didn't pick it up until you needed it again. Um, yeah. yeah, we go through all these phases in life. I was um, a weightlifter in high school. And then I, when I walked out of the sport, I put the barbell down. I didn't touch it for 20 years, <laughs> like at all. Yeah. I did workouts, Stella. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, like I needed it again. I think that was just an interesting, interesting statement. So Stella, you have a question for Cara about the CrossFit Games. Yes. What is your favorite event in the CrossFit Games? Oh, that's so hard. What is your least favorite? We have that question too. (laughs) Okay. Um, I've got some, I've got some favorite workouts and they're probably more so my favorite ones, my favorite events because I have fond memories. Mm. Um, and there's, there's kind of, there's a handful of those. Um, I think, I am going to say one of my favorite fond memories, oh, what would it be? You know what? The the very first, the earliest one that comes to my mind was in 2014. We did a one rep max overhead squat and uh, it was like from the rack and I was severely injured at the time and I, I nobody knew. And um, for some reason, whatever it is, someone was looking out for me and I uh, – I was able to do these overhead squats because I was taking them from behind my neck instead of in front. And I was incredibly lucky that that was the case. And they were my favorite lift at the time. And, uh, I had no expectations of myself that year because I knew I was so injured. Um, but I was just doing the best I could. And I went out there and I PR'd my overhead squat in the warm up area. And then I went out and I won the event out on the floor. And I remember we'd come off a beach event that morning Again, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to do that event. I did the beach event and I still had like sandy, salty hair. And I like just, I was like in my element. I just was kind of super relaxed, doing the best I could, won an event. I just remember like 
that feeling was just amazing. So that that's probably one of my fondest. One of my least favorite events was the marathon Ooh. row. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like as painful as that was. I think I had so much pride in how hard I had worked on my aerobic base this year that. Um, and placing sixth when I'm like five foot three and totally a power athlete. It, um, that was actually, that was actually really amazing for me. Um, do you know what? I feel like, um, there's this thing, you know, when like women have children and they say like, it's so, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable. Like it hurts. It's this massive experience. Right. And then after a period of time, you forget about it so that you'll do it again. Right. And I like, I feel like that with the CrossFit games, like off the top of my head right now, I'm like, no, there's never been any bad events. <laughs> and then in the time, for the time, there's something that's terrible and you're like, I'll never do this again. Um, I'm going to say from a spectator, from a spectator <laughs> standpoint, I mean, I have, it was, this was our, we went this year and it was just incredible to watch. I mean, you, you guys are just, I, I, I can't emphasize enough how incredible athletes you all are. <laughs> it's, yes. Yeah. It's, it's out it, of this it, world. It still surprises me to be honest. I, um, uh, like I sort of reflect after the games at, you know, what myself and the other women and then the other 45 men all did. And I think to myself, when I kind of settle back into real life, I can't believe that we've actually worked ourselves to a point where we have the capacity to do what we do. And at the time, like you're so in the trenches and you're so engrossed in what you're doing that I just don't even think we realize how exceptional it is that we've trained our bodies to, to be able to do that. Like it, it is amazing. And it's something that I'm forever so proud of that, you know, I walked away after the games and despite the fact that we did an insane amount of work, my body was good to me. You know, it was, it was in one piece. I wasn't incredibly sore. I was a bit tired, you know, from the energy of, of it all. And that's about it. And it's just amazing. It's amazing what you can condition and train yourself to do. It's absolutely amazing. We did we did the marathon row because it showed up on CrossFit programming, and I said I was, oh. was going to do it for my birthday anyway, and I did it, and it was fine. Um, but my hands were completely broken. I mean, they were bloody blistered. <laughs> and I remember you guys did the next workout was something. It was like the bar muscle up workout or something. Yeah, I like fully expected to have to have like torn hands and everything everything and I I learned something a long time ago I did um like pack marches and the kind of concept with that is like the more you move you know when you get uncomfortable the worse it is and you start like things start to rub and get uncomfortable and I kind of applied that same principle to this row and I thought my hands are uncomfortable but so long as they don't move it's just uncomfortable it's going to be okay I can keep moving but if I start to you know get distressed and move around I'm going to blister in my hands and you know it's going to become like a really sort of distressing so I need to just kind of like settle in and not move and luckily I had like I had two weird little blisters like in the webs of my hands like in between my fingers but they weren't in a bad spot so I was like I'll take it (laughs) oh my goodness do you have trouble with your hands or are you one of the lucky ones who has tough hands no, I've got like 
like 40-year-old tradesman hands. So they're, <laughs> they're tough as nails. i got a few layers on them and everyone already, always asks me what I do to them and I do absolutely nothing. I, um, awesome. I try and avoid letting them get too soft and I think a huge part of it actually comes down to your movement pattern. If you train your grip strength and you train – essentially like your upper back and your shoulders and your scaps to kind of hold load a little better, then your hands don't end up having to work so much. And uh, it's kind of the boring work that people don't want to do, but it pays off when you don't tear your hands. Right, right. I tear my hands every week and then I can't do anything. It's, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, it's weird because I used to do Olympic lifting and so the, I never tore on the upper parts, but I tear my palms now. So that's because I had a tear. Yeah, yeah, it might be grip strength and where you're holding it, just creating too much friction on the bar, yeah. When did you start – did you start Olympic lifting when you started training for CrossFit or did you do some lifting before? No, I did it all at the exact same time. I learned all of my gymnastics at the same time, all of my Olympic lifting. The only thing I can say is back when I first started and the programming that I was doing is it was very, very much CrossFit like well-balanced CrossFit back when I started. The way that it has evolved now is that you have to put a lot more emphasis on things like your gymnastics and your endurance elements. So, um, you know, basic CrossFit had kind of like your pull-ups and your toaster bar and all those kind of things, but I really rarely ever did anything that was of any additional skill. And so really the skill work and the, and the body awareness kind of exercises that you're doing are predominantly Olympic lifting. So I felt more comfortable with that. Um, in saying that I'm naturally like a little better built for weightlifting than I am gymnastics. It's never been an excuse of mine. It kind of just was a thing that I, I took to a little easier. Um, so I didn't have to work for it quite as hard, but I think a huge part of it is that, you know, your average class, like I was just doing CrossFit classes and your average class doesn't really put much emphasis on those body positions and, and shapes and, and patterning of gymnastics. Yeah. So what are, what are some of your weaknesses? What do you struggle with in, in CrossFit and in life? I mean, for me, it's, you know, ice cream. Yes. <laughs> that. But what are some of the things that, that you struggle with? I um in CrossFit, my, I guess my weak movements, like I have a kind of handle on, like, um, uh, sorry, a handful of them, like anyone, just depending on how you're built and what your background is. I've always had to work a little bit harder for pressing movements, especially inverted. Um, and then particularly my aerobic capacity. So like longer runs and things like that, which was something that I focused a lot more on. I actually sought out help to do those kind of things last year for the first time. Um, so they've probably been my focus heavily for quite a while to try and round out my skills. Um, and I'm doing them all the time, uh, in the way of life, my weaknesses, or I think I'm probably a little temperamental to be honest. I, uh, I'm like, I'm super all in, in everything I do. And I, I can be intense for lack of a better word. And, um, sometimes it can work in my favor and sometimes it can't, I can tend to like, I'll, I'll really put my, you know, my greatest strength and that I'll put my entire heart on the line and I will really go all in with anything. Um, you know, definitely is my greatest strength and it, and it's what kind of gets me where I am. But at times I have to work really hard to slow down, to step back and to look at things from the outside, looking in and see things a little bit clearer and from 
um, less from a place of emotion and more um, logically. So that's something that I've been very, very aware of in myself. Um, and I guess that's where you kind of need people around you. And my husband's like a total contrast to that. So he is super level-headed and he's super balanced and he can see things from the outside looking in and, and not get emotional about things. So that's where I kind of lean on him, you know, a little bit to kind of to keep me in line and slow me down when I need to. But, um, and it, it, again, it's, it's a part of who I am, but it's just one of those things that you have to understand so that you can control it and not let it control you. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Stella, your turn. Can I tell her one of my favorite events? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Yeah. My favorite event is where like you start at the start line in the stadium and there's five barbells and then they snatch them. Oh, yeah, like a snatch ladder. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yes. There's, you know what? They are one of my favorite too, but I get so nervous. I get so, so nervous because it's something that I should be really good at and I know that I'm really good at, so I get I get scared to do it super fast and that I might make a mistake when I know that I could do really well. So they get they end up being, like, really scary for me but then also really fun at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. They're fun to watch though because it's such a crazy race. Yes, it's so fun. Yeah. So, what advice do you have for a young girl who wants to go to the games? You know what? I think I've got a couple of things. One is, first of all, to understand that it's 100% your goal. And if you want to go to the games, it doesn't matter what anybody says or what anybody does or or whatever happens along the way is to write it down and make sure that you stay true to the fact that that's what you want to do. Um, from there, I would say find someone or a group of people who support you in your goal and are going to help you out. So people that might know better than you that have a, a good program or um, can help you with your nutrition or whatever it would it be later on, anyone that can teach you things that are going to help get you there, get a good little team that are going to help you um, and then listen and learn as much as you possibly can. I think uh, you know, a good athlete really needs to be able to listen and learn like you would a student at school. And if you can do that and trust that you'll get good information from anywhere and not worry where that comes from, then you'll always be successful so long as you work really hard. That's good advice. Do you have any follow-up to that? Do you have any questions? Um, I have, who do you look up to? Oh, you know what? I, um, I, I look up to a few people, a few different people, and they're probably people that you wouldn't really, you wouldn't really think, oh, why do you look up, you know, that you would look up to them. And they're from a lot of different places and they do a lot of different things. But generally the people that I really look up to are people who are doing really well at something that they absolutely love. So they've made a choice to pursue what they love so whether that be cooking or exercising or writing books or whatever it may be and they love it so much and they get so excited about it that they do it really really well and they're the kind of people that I look up to and I hope that you know they inspire me to do the same to really look at myself and know what I love to do and then I hope that I can work really hard and be successful doing what I love just like them. That's awesome. So, Cara, what do you do? Are you a morning person or are you a night person? Like, do you, when do you do your best workouts? 
totally a morning person. I um I wake up early every single day and the second I wake up I'm ready to go. Um I'm high energy in the morning and then I sort of gradually fade through the afternoon and the evening. So I would prefer I get a lot of work done before my husband even gets out of bed in the morning. So we um I usually have these couple of hours in the morning where I get up and I'm straight on my emails. I've got this whole process and I, you know, pot around and get things done around my house and or I, you know, if I coach classes, I prefer to coach the morning classes because I feel like I do a much better job. <laughs> I'm much more alert. I'm gonna give a much better service to to my members and be much more switched on for them. So um I sort of prefer to do all of those things and creative things and things that need that kind of effort in the morning for sure. And then as the day kind of winds down, I like to, I like to slow down with it and, and kind of just relax and eat and just potter around. Before <laughs> <bed>. <laughs> I'm slow in the night and I like an early bedtime. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you do about balance? I mean, I have this theory that you really can't, that balance is impossible. And everyone that's trying to sell the idea of balance is, it's just impossible. You're something's always going to give if you're going to be excellent in something else. I mean, that's my, that's my theory. But is it hard to balance coaching classes with your own training, or do you just have a way to kind of box it off and 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 take care of it all? You know what? It is it is super hard to maintain balance. I definitely think it's possible. I just think it has to. You need to sort of be really realistic with it and potentially like be willing to change a perspective sometimes. For me, I find that I like, I work my best and I maintain a really good order of balance if I have certain things booked in in my day. So things that will establish an element of routine and then I work everything around it. So for instance, if I coach morning classes and I know that I will eat at a certain time based off those morning classes, I'll train because I'm already at the gym and then I'll do some work in the hours that I'm there and it and that helps me get structure in my day. But then with that, with the, with the structure and a routine and a little bit of a plan in the week, which is, which is definitely, I've got a sort of a few things that I follow. Like I try and get the, the yucky stuff out of the way first. So then the rest of the day is kind of set up and, and I follow a little, a little bit of a plan like that. And I book think book myself in for certain things at certain times. Um, and then you also have to have, a flexible mind and understand that sometimes things come up because they definitely come up. And if you don't prepare for things to come up, like real things, then, you know, you just end up freaking out and then nothing ever gets done. But I, 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 um, I recently had to do an assignment and a part of that was, um, a study plan. And within that study plan, I had to, I color coded the whole system of like what was CrossFit COVID time, what was family time? What was just plain recreation time? Where are my breaks? Where do I study? You know, where do I train? And that was so beneficial for me because I now have this color coded like system where I'm like, okay, I've got an hour to do some COVID work and then I'm going to have a break. And I force myself to follow that structure and not overwork or underwork. And I commit to the time that I'm on for something and, and balance it out that way. And then if things slightly needed to be shifted, like need to be shifted around, it's not a big deal. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think that can really, really help if you're struggling with balance. That is so fascinating. Okay. So color coded, <laughs> is it on your calendar? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I just I created a like Microsoft Word have like a ton of you know like templates that you can that you can create, and I found essentially I found a planner in there that I liked, and I kind of just moved it around myself, and I just put in I know the I know the the, the times that I'm going to coach, and then I know around about the time I'm going to eat and things like that, and I literally just kind of like looked at the time. So for if for example last night I was like. I nearly fell into the trap of doing some more work for the gym, like before bed. And I look at my little thing and I'm like, no, my pre-bed hour, like that's dedicated. I'm either allowed a break or it's recreational reading. It's reading things that, you know, are really enjoyable to me. So I'm like, okay, I'll deal with the COVID stuff tomorrow. I'm going to go and read something that's going to, you know, help me out and make me feel good before I go to bed. So it, it forces me then to book things in and, and I'm in control of that because I wrote the list of what was important to me. I wrote the list of things that I want to schedule in and then everything else can fit in around that. That's awesome. That's I love awesome. That. Okay, Stella, you're, you're up next. Yay. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to tell a story? About what? Uh, About what? No, you just look like you wanted to tell a story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. What do you? What is your best advice for handstands, pull-ups, and double unders? Ooh, handstands, pull-ups, and double unders. What's my best advice? A lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna say consistent practice for all of those. So um, I'll give you one little tip for each one. Okay. So for hands, for handstands, I think. You need to practice being confident and taking your time upside down. And same with the double unders um, is taking the time to practice the skill um, rather than, you know, just doing it for the sake of doing it. So I would say to set a clock for those two movements because they can be a little bit frustrating or a little bit overwhelming and you can get quite tired from trying so hard. So I would set a clock for, say, no longer than 10 minutes. Give yourself a little, little bit of structure as to what you exactly want to practice what your goal is for that and then only work on it for 10 minutes and then leave it and pick up another day write down what you learned the mistakes you made and then try and fix it on another day for pull-ups uh for pull-up strength and practice it needs to be quite consistent you need to do it often so for a lot of people they struggle with the grip and then with the strength of the pull-up and even the patterning of doing it really efficiently I would say to practice it often even if it's just a matter of putting it into your warm-ups before you do a workout Um, and if it's a strength issue I would do that quite often just so those muscles kind of understand you know what you want them to do and and you'll get your pull-ups in no time. We have to work on getting your tough hands. <laughs> yeah. Hard yep. Hands. Just hang up. <laughs> you want to ask Yeah. Who do you like to train with the most? Oh. You know what? I usually train. Yeah. I usually, I usually train by myself a lot um and then but I always have my husband who's like my best friend he's always there with me for all my training sessions so I like to have him around and I also you know what yeah he's probably I'll just say him he's probably my favorite to train with even if we're even if we're not doing the same thing. He's always around and we can kind of cheer each other on and help each other out at different points. And we do fun partner workouts and that's, that's pretty fun. Yeah. So as far as your nutrition goes, I know you've been doing this for, you know, eight, I guess nine years now. 
Um, eight years, yeah, nine years. What has what have you found works and doesn't work when it comes to your nutrition? Uh, I think you need to have there needs to be a really even split of getting help from somebody else or another program or something like that that can give you guidance and accountability. I think you, I think everybody needs that to some capacity. So whether it's someone writing the actual nutrition plan for you or setting macro numbers or whatever it may be, I think to have someone do that in whatever capacity is really good. Then the other side of it is that you need to have accountability for educating yourself and, and gaining self-awareness of, you know, exactly what you need and what makes you work as a person. And what has worked for me over the years is that I need to understand first and foremost what kind of person I am, and that's that's emotionally, mentally, what I respond to, um, and, and, and not fight back against who I am but cater to it um, and understand how to essentially get the most out of that. I then trial foods that work and don't work for me. You know, I could write a nutrition plan for somebody that has oats for breakfast every single day and that person can say, oh, oats make my belly feel terrible or I don't like them or whatever it may be. So that that's on you to really understand um, and trial different things and know what makes you feel good and what your body wants. Once you've done that kind of education and you understand how you work and then what your body likes, it's just finding that sweet spot in the middle. And then it takes, again, especially when it comes to nutrition, it takes the emotion out of it because we know that it can come, it be, can become very much about or too much about what you look like or what you think you look like and how you define yourself um, or maybe what somebody has said or any past experiences and, and it it takes away from the fact that it's supposed to make you feel amazing, live great days, sleep well, have level like a nice regular mood and and to perform well in whatever it is you're doing in your life, whether it be exercise, work, parenting, whatever it may be. So um, they're, they're probably my main tips. And then, you know, I'm a huge nutrition advocate. I think a lot of people don't really know that about me, but I can never really ever stop talking about it. And um, I believe in real good food, you know, not quick food, not emotional food. You know, I would rather temporarily fast if it's a matter of eating junk quick food, you know, and if, if, if that's my only option for whatever reason, then I'm going to be okay without something for a little while rather than to, to put rubbish into my body. And I think that's, that's really, really important to kind of implement that early on in life. Oh, that's a real, that's tough. That's a tough one for me. Like, have you always had that kind of discipline or, or is it just, is it out of necessity that you cultivated? No, I, no, I think, I think I haven't always had that kind of discipline, but what happened is, uh, my mom and I grew up, you know, and we, we didn't have a lot of money. It was just her and I, and back, you know, in those days, it was actually a lot cheaper to eat well and my mom being the person that she is as well she was always cooking food and she always made good food so I grew up a very very healthy kid and then I kind of like you know got older and was left to my own devices and sometimes ate you know random silly things and drank alcohol and whatever it may be and I didn't feel the same and my mood wasn't the same and I was flat and sad and unmotivated and and I wasn't good and I became an athlete again and all of a sudden it came back to eating with purpose so I educated myself and I started eating with purpose again and all of a sudden I was this lively, happy, energetic, you know, like good person and that in itself, you know, I, it made me realize I'm like this this is a thing, you know, this is a real thing and it's really important and food is supposed 
to be for our survival. It's supposed to make us like be able to thrive each day and it's not supposed to entertain us. You know, it can be a good thing and you can eat with your friends and family. And I'm not saying don't ever treat and that I don't ever do that, but there's, there's certain things where I fully draw the line. Like you will never, ever, ever catch me at like a McDonald's or anything. I haven't had that since I was a young woman, like a teenager. There's no, in my mind, there is no excuse you know, if I'm going to have a treat or something like that, I'm going to have something that's being made with love. Maybe it's at a restaurant and somebody's taking the time and care to make this amazing little piece of cake or something like that as a celebration with people I love. Yeah. And that that to me is much more important than, you know, being lazy or, 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 you know, again, emotional and just kind of like eating rubbish. And I really try and sort of spread that message as much as I possibly can. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but, but really, you know, we're grown ups. we make choices and it's just a matter of having self-control. Yeah. So what is, what is a day, like, what does your day look like as far as nutrition? Like walk us through like a, a quick breakfast, lunch and dinner. I have, ever since I started working with um, Working Against Gravity, which is my nutrition um, company, my kind of crew that kind of gets behind me that helps me out, I started eating a lot of oats in the morning and I I keep telling myself, I'm going to start having different things for breakfast, but I just love my morning oats. I can't, I can't break it. Um, I'm one of two breakfasts. I'm either oats, like, you know, the organic-y, gluten-free, like, you know, fluffy, good-for-you oats um, with um, banana in it. And I put my ATP Science, which is like a collagen protein, mm-hmm. I put that after I cook it, mix it through, and then like a bit of coconut oil on top. That's kind of my go-to breakfast for most days. And then if I'm eating out breakfast, which is something I do quite often with my hubby, is that we get avocado toast. We go to a really nice cafe and we get – like smashed avocado on toast with mushrooms on the side and a coffee. And that's my, you know, my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, then pretty much lunch and dinner are always meat and vegetables of some kind. We buy every kind of meat that, you know, we, we get a variety every single week. we get some beef, we get chicken, we get pork, we get fish, we get everything. So it'll be some kind of protein and then vegetables Um, I'm a big vegetable eater. I could eat them all day, every day. And I'll do that for lunch and dinner. And then I'll snack on, I don't know, random little, like eating a lot of fruit now it's getting warmer. So I'm eating like an apple and an orange maybe. And, um, yeah, that's, I I eat basic, really, really basic and really, really clean, healthy, simple, the way that, you know, our bodies are intended to be fueled. Right. So let's talk about the games this year and also some of the changes that are kind of in the pipeline, it appears, for the game. So your recap of 2018, where did this kind of fall in the spectrum of your seven games performances? Were you you felt good about it? You've, you know, your performance is amazing. But um, yeah. out of the seven you attended, where did this all kind of fall? The 2018 season, I put absolutely everything in that I possibly could. I crossed all the T's. I dotted all the I's. I asked all the people for help. I committed entirely. I trained as my number one focus and kind of put everything aside. And I went all in and did absolutely everything that I possibly knew how. And I worked harder than I've ever, ever worked. So I I say to a lot of people, I won training and I won the effort this year more than I ever have before. Um, when I performed at the games, it 
the same thing applied. I put everything in. I was super professional. I was super, you know, educated and dedicated to every single event that I possibly did. After the games, I had a, you know, and I've sort of said this a couple of times before, I had this, this temporary devastation or, or heartbreak when you put, and, and I knew that this was a potential outcome and I had prepped myself for this. And this is why it was super short-lived, but I still, you know, never hid the fact that I was always going for number one and I will never settle for anything less whether I ever got there or not. But I had this temporary heartbreak of I did everything and I was my absolute best, but I wasn't the best. And uh, I wasn't the best for that year. It just didn't, it, it, you know, for whatever reason, like other girls were better than me or the events weren't as great for me or whatever it was. It just didn't, you know, I didn't quite hit that target. But it honestly, it lasted by the next day, I cried my eyes out as soon as it happened. Like as soon as it finished, I cried and cried. And like, you know, like I said, I'm a super passionate person and, and I was heartbroken and no one could console me. I just needed to be sad. And then by the next day I was all but fine. I was, I was pretty much, I was pretty much ready. Like, okay, I'm okay. I get it. And the reason that I felt like that is because I got to fall back on the fact that I know that I was the person that tried and I can always be proud that I was the person that tried. And I know in my heart, when I look in the mirror that I did everything. And for that, I'm super proud and you get a little disappointed and you just wish you were better, but you know, doesn't, doesn't everyone, you know, even if you win, (laughs) even if you win or you get everything you want, you still always want to be more or better or whatever. So what are you going to do for, okay, let's talk about the game change real quick. So they're doing, some sort of change. I, I feel like yeah. the last time I checked, there was, no one knows what's going on. Do you know what's going on? <laughs> no, we. I hear a lot of secondhand information from different sources, and you know, I I know as much as as everybody else knows. You know, we know that there are changes. We know that the qualifying process is different now. That there aren't regionals. That there are sanctioned events. You know, I know all those details like everybody else does. Um, but as for that, they've kind of held off on, on a lot of information. There's a lot of details still missing that make it very difficult for a, an athlete to make a decision of how they move forward and what that next season looks like. So I guess like everyone else, I'm just sitting back waiting, <laughs> waiting yeah. for the information. And yeah, cause you, you, you know, you can't make an informed decision until you have all of the information. Right. Right. I mean, it seems, you know, and I can say this cause I'm not affiliated with Boston and I can say it seems a little inconsiderate that <laughs> you guys don't know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I think I've, I've been in this sport long enough and that I, I definitely understand that, you know, there are changes and it can be quite crazy. And obviously for whatever reason, the, the people up higher have decided that this was important and they've made that decision and, you know, it's their company and their event to, to do that. So, you know, as athletes, we know exactly what we sign up for, you know, we, it's hard and sometimes you don't know and you're waiting on other people and other, other decisions and things like that. So I think you just have to sit back and sit back and wait, but at least we're all in the same boat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Stella, you got a question about pistol squats. Yeah. (laughs) How do you get better with pistol squats? Usually pistol squats are about mobility. So it's about making sure that your body can get into the position that it needs to get into to be really strong all the way down the bottom. So I would say check if your mobility is there. So if you can actually get into that position, 
And then if you can, then maybe you need to work on a little bit of the leg strength or the balance to be on one leg. Um, or if the mobility isn't there, then you can find lots of different um, stretches and different things that you can do online that can help you get into that spot. Awesome. I appreciate this time with you. I've got one more question. This podcast is called The Same 24 Hours, and it was born from the idea that we all have the same 24 hours in our day, but it's what we do with them that makes our health, happiness, and success great. So what is something that you do on a daily basis that makes your 24 hours great? What do I do on a daily basis? Besides not eating rubbish. I definitely got it. (laughs) No more rubbish. Now someone's going to get a photo of me eating chocolate secretly one day. (laughs) Um, You know what? I would say the number one thing that I do every single day is I have a moment to myself. So usually it's first thing in the morning for me, but I have like a moment where I check in and I reflect and I guess I take a moment just to tune in with myself and how I'm feeling and what I'm doing for myself and what my goals are for the day. And, and, you know, that's something that's very, very individual. It's something that only, you know, and you, you're the only one that control that essentially can control that and knows what's in your heart and what you need. And, and I always do take that time just to be by myself a little bit each day. Um, and I think if I do that, I'm not only going to be better to myself and have a better day, but I'm also going to be better to those around me. So I think that that's really important. If you ever get a chance, just have a quiet moment, even if it's just standing in the shower, just have a little bit of a think about, you know, your direction for the day and what you want to do and what you hope to achieve and, and how it's going to be a little bit better from the day before, then, then you're going to have a good 24 hours. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Cara. We so enjoyed seeing you at the games and wish you the best of luck and whatever is coming with the games and otherwise. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye. Bye.